and we're back again. Yes, I hope you enjoyed our uh, little bye week we had. Uh, yeah, ours what the locals were calling uh, Thanksgiving for the three Russians or around the world that listen to our podcast that don't know what that was. That was why we weren't on last week. Very guys. And unlike the last podcast we did, where we did a half underachievers and half uh, hockey. hockey. This one is full hockey. Then you can expect us to be back on Tuesday as well. Yes. Um, but anyways, uh, there's not a whole lot going on. Um, realistically speaking, this is a huge week for the NHL, especially if you're talking about them. Yeah, absolutely. If they're actually thinking about journey first being a start date. Um, and we got Rush going to do two breakdowns of teams. We're finishing off our seeds today. First, starting off with the, uh, the Colorado Avalanche and uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Both teams that made improvements this season, this offseason so far. Um, obviously, Colum- Colorado has a lot to uh, kind of compete with in terms of uh, trying to go up, go or try to, you know, get to the next level. And they got a, ne- a, a lot of questions they have to is to answer is for next offseason what to do there. That's when their headache's going to come. But this season, they just kind of went with, yeah. let's deal with this season. Let's uh, go with it as much as we can. We'll break down <laughs> that more. Uh, do a little update on some free agents still available, some the league-wide stuff. Um, a little Penguins talk, too. You know, there's some things here and there. And a little I'm bit sure, of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything. I'm sure we'll bring it up again when we talk about the Penguins themselves. But we'll bring yeah. it up uh, again when it comes to it because we're still only in the sea, so it's going to be a little while. Yes. Um, so, anyways, we can get start, coffee, folks. Yes. Anyways, we can start off as uh, we usually do with this off season, just kind of like a free agent still available. There hasn't only been actually there was a big kind of signing that happened uh, since you were gone, uh, Mikhail Sergachev. Yes, uh, I forgot about that. It took me a second uh, to think that happened. Just uh, I think it was November twenty fifth. Yeah, really? According to Cap Friendly, oh signing date. It literally feels like Swiss just Pierre yesterday LeBron. that happened. Um, but it was a three-year deal for 14.4 uh, value, <laughs> 4.8 average annual, yep. um, which is great for the Lightning sense. And That's that a I, real good deal for the Lightning with where they're at and the cap and everything. And again, like by the time that we get to them in this uh, mm-hmm. re, uh, you know, Rundown and everything. Deep dives, thank you. Um, they might clear up some cap. Who knows? But right now, they're pre-real they tight have, against the cap. Also, keep in mind, still, uh, they have to re-sign Anthony Sorelli and Eric uh, yeah. Sternak still. So, yeah. So, uh, And if they're, they're – whatever they're going to do with Tyler Johnson. If they're going to keep them. Who is making gonna... five mil for like the next four or five years. And yeah. – Again, with and we'll break this all down later, but they also do want to keep Tyler or Tyler, uh, sorry, Alex Kalorn if they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a report I heard uh, about a month ago. I'd imagine that's still the case, but you never know with how their hand is being played. Yeah, so we'll see some, what happens. They also but... have some minor signings, which won't cost them much, but it's, yeah. it's three minor league signings they still have to deal with. But I'm sure they're right. they're more worried about the Anthony Sorelli and uh, Sergachev, which I think they did. Did it right and resigning Sergachev first and Sorelic is yeah no that, to that's, me he's, he's Sergachev to that defense is more valuable to have than, say Anthony Sorelli. 
saying if it's like that's, a situation yeah, no, okay. like the Flyers the had with I get the T- angle you're doing you're saying I'm and, saying and like, it makes sense if it's like the fly the Flyers were like it took like a day or so into training camp to sign uh I think TK it took TK. a little bit so if it's one of those kind of situations I or the extreme of it to what the Maple Leafs had with uh what's Neilander a couple of seasons ago um either way that's why I'm thinking of that offense is already good enough without Sorelli in it. Obviously, yeah. it's even with him in it, it's amazing. But even without him in it, it's still pretty good. Um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I get the point. So You get so the again, point the, I was trying to make. The priority in yeah. signing players is Sergachev over Sorelli yeah. as of right now. Especially just because, when I mean, at the blue line, it's not too bad. But it's lost Chat and Kurt. Cool. Um, yeah, it's not great at this point. Because your top three, it's not great, actually, if we're being real honest here. Because your top, this is your top three defensemen: Victor Hedman, Sergachev, McDonough. Then you drop down a lot, going Braden Coburn, Luke Shen, and Eric Cernak, who they still have to resign. Who's still young? Cernak, so Cernak or Chernak? I forget how to pronounce his name. Yeah, my apologies. Which, but um, yeah, no. So for if for you Chernak, go deep, I, they, I guess you can say that they have veterans mm-hmm. that have been around, and Coburn and Shen. They're not great, but you know they're guys. Uh, they can't really do anything about it because, yeah. And maybe this means Cal Foot gets a chance. Maybe that's why they're I would okay. hope so. Cal Foot deserves That's a my only thinking of why they're okay with an, uh, outside of uh, cap reasons to have uh, uh, Shat and Kirk go. But, you know, yeah, maybe well, this is maybe, Cal, maybe maybe this tr- year's uh, Cal, Foot's, Cal Foot's chance to be on the Lightning. That I, I think it, it is. Like I just mentioned, those guys that aren't great. And by that, I meant. Coburn and Shen, who Jeff and I are yeah. very familiar with in their times with the Flyers. Um, yeah, that was a big one, but that was really the only signing that's happened. Yeah, uh, Jake DePress also signed. I don't know if you yes, ever touched uh, on that. Yes, deal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that happened on the 23rd. That signing, so last Monday. Yeah, and uh, it took me a little. Bit, it took me by surprise that it took them this long to sign DeBras. It was only a two-year deal, which is that's fine. It kind of says, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Um, but that's then again, bot- to be fair, their GM, I think, is Don Sweeney. He yep. does a great job with contracts, so he does, and he has to be careful for next season. I think that's why. He, right. He so again, I think that's why it's such a, a small bridge deal. But. In- we already we talked about this last time. We already talked about Boston, so we can come back to it again. But if it does happen January first, and there's only a sixty-some game season or it's shortened season, we talked about it last time how Boston might get screwed out of it because two of their top guys, yeah. top elite, one elite, one I don't want to you know mention in the league category and uh, Marchand, but those two guys are key to that team's success. They are. You already no lost. Matter, you lost two key. Of, you I don't know what you're going to do with Char if or if he's done, whatever. But you lost a key defenseman in uh, Tory Krug. Tory Krug. You did bring in uh, who? You brought in someone. It's not really anything. Um. Uh, was it Craig Smith? I think it was Craig Smith. Craig. It was Craig Smith. Yeah. You brought in Craig Smith. He's fine. He's it's whatever. But these guys that you have now aren't going to be able to. Uh, pick up the slack that you'll miss the per- first however long they're out for. Yeah, the, the, you can see a Boston team that's especially if, and we'll get to it later. Much, a lot, yeah. Uh, their division just got a little harder to 
kind of harder to be against, but still difficult because they yeah. still have, they they have no choice but to go up against the, uh, the Metro plus Buffalo. Who again? Keep in mind they got Just Taylor got Hall, Hall for a year, yeah. so which will probably in this division in this new markup division. Just because if they actually are smart, which is dumb, because Mitch brought this up to me the other day yeah. when he came home and you were talking about this. Did you know that last season at times, um, Jeff Skinner wasn't on the top line with uh, yep. with uh, Eichel, yep. which I, I don't get at all. And if you do that again, when you don't really have that great of centers to begin with, I don't know why you're doing that. Yeah, you have Eric Stahl this year, but I don't want him on my second line if I'm a Sabres fan. I want an elite line, which, like I was about to say, could potentially be the best line in this division, at least the first part of it, if yeah. this Boston line is is gone is out for a while, which it sounds like they will because they – Yeah, again, they're, they're going to miss quite take some months. time. And yeah. one of them is going to miss like the first month or so of the season, mm-hmm. and the other is going to miss like the first two months of the season. In a shortened season, plus, however they play when they do come back is not going to be what they were before the injury or prior to it. We've seen it a lot of times. We always do this. We always bring it back to the Flyers, but the Flyers have always had these two taken into effect after the 2018 playoffs. You had Giroux, who had surgery. You had Provorov, who had a surgery. Goss is spare. Goss is spare. still struggling. I think this season he might pick it up because I think he's getting a little healthier now. But Provorov and Giroux in that season – they both struggle because they're both coming off of uh, surgeries. So it's not like a quick, yeah. I can come. I mean, those guys, especially Pashanak, could easily come back and be just as great. That's just how good of a player he is in Pashanak. Yeah. But he was tied for the most goals, was it, this season? Yeah. yeah. H- him and Vetchkin tied for the gonna... Maurice Richard Rocket Trophy race, which I still hate the fact that they both won. That, that's not how it should be. I don't care. That they both oh, are agree. tied. It's a stupid way of deciding who who was the winner of that trophy. Um, and I was looking at this before, but if you really look at the Bruins stats, and I didn't really mean to go down this tangent, but you know, it's a it's another one of these teams that we're gonna like that we're gonna you know enjoy, especially every team because the Bruins have been good for the last couple of years. But if you look at some of the um, like stats and all from like the goal scorers and everything. And even just points, but more so uh, goal scoring. Come on, I just had it up. Damn it. There you go. Um, so these were your top five people on scoring last year. David Pasternak obviously was at number one with 95 points. Brad Marchand, 87. Bergeron, 56. Bit of a uh, fall there, but he was out for a little bit, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um then he had Tori Krug at a 49 and David Critchie at 50, 43 points. Yeah. Uh, good luck trying to find that because after that, it's a complete drop off after that point. Quite and again, maybe that's points. why they got a guy the like Craig Smith. Got, he, won't, yeah. he won't put up like 40, 50 you know, points. He might put up a solid 30. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not that big of a fan of Craig Smith. Even if you go just goal scorers, because Boston isn't a team of goal scorers. They only had six players of 10 or more goals last season. Oof, that hurts. Only six. 
Grigia 13, uh, Coyle 16, DeBrusque 19, Marshawn 28, Bergeron 31, David Pajanak 48. The two of the guys on here uh, are gone for a bit. And even if you want to go to that points part, Tory Krug gets fourth. You just lost him. So yep. there's a lot of points that you're going to there, have to there, try There's to a, lot, make up a lot at stake here for Boston. Uh, but we're not going to talk more about Boston uh, until the time comes. Um, I, let, let's talk about this real quick. You mentioned that the top UFAs uh, – or sorry, yes. sorry, just the UFAs are still available. Here's some top names uh, still available. Mikel Granlin, Mike Hoffman, Anthony DeClaire, oh. Sammy Votnin, Travis Hamanick. Yes, Whitmer. Sir, go ahead. Go ahead. It doesn't evolve. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with this. But all right. Uh, Eric Halla, Corey Perry's out there. Zidane Chara, um, Carl Soderberg, Ilya Kovalchuk, and Derek Broussard. Again, those are just some of the names still out there that are worth looking at, excluding Corey Perry, because I think if he's Boston a trash had player. Any so. type of. And realistically speaking, the more he waits, maybe Hoffman takes a deal like. Uh, uh, Hall, where it's less than what he's desired. But if he goes to Boston, where they're going to be out with a couple guys just for this year, just one year, and you give him whatever money he wanted. But then you can at least at that point get some of your offensive talent back. And then next season, you don't have to resign him. It would just be for the season. That's just a thought I had. Yeah. But the other thing I was going to mention was. Uh, because I was, it made me, it didn't make me laugh, but I thought about it because, um, not the injury itself, but, uh, uh, Johnny Boychuck. Yeah, his he, uh, his career came to an end, uh, after again, he, he had some serious eye issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is actually, it went into details about his eye issues, which is crazy. Um, let me, Okay. Let me see here. I want to. I remember reading about. I don't know. All right. So, um, Boychuk was injured right before the regular season went on pause in early March. He was hit by a skate blade by Artari Lekkinen of the Canadians. That required 90 stitches. Um, but, uh, after the return to the play over the summer, appearing three preseason games, he was injured in the first play game against Florida, taking a hit to the head. Um, after he left the Angels bubble, he started to work out that he realized something was really wrong with his eye. Uh, overall, he decided to you know stop you know playing because he felt like he needed to take care of himself, which is again the right thing to do. Uh, that's why it blows my mind that players who have gone through so many issues and injuries like Kyle Ocposo, who should still have retired about four years ago. He's in Buffalo. All of his uh, concussion in- injuries and everything. Mm-hmm. They need to understand that they need to accept the fact that their career has to come to an end for the better of their own health. And it, yeah, it's not worth... It's always that hard part because it's always mentioned with the NFL and that no, and really, I guess you could say any athlete, especially professional athlete, they're not going to, especially NHL in the playoffs. You could see guys say, and even we saw it with like Carlson, all, all these guys either playing one leg or, you know, 
Stamkos can only play for like five minutes, not even. And he scores in his yeah. one play, but that's it. But guys don't want to say, I'm done. They want to say, I can still come back. Yeah. Like, it's great that, like, we're lucky. And thank God, uh, Lemblom beat his cancer yeah. or finished his treatment and it's cleared of and he's able to come back. But worst case, you just never know when you're going to come back. Right. But you always want to have that mindset, of, oh, I'm going to come back someday. I'm going to come back from this. I'm going to be bigger, stronger, whatever. And it's just hard for those players, especially when it's uh, kind of had, I guess, more so football and that they're like, oh, I'll just shake this off or whatever. And that's the thing yeah. that, that has always been the need to change is just that don't just come right back in after you just had a head injury because we've seen how this affects people later on in life, uh, which unfortunately, right. like you mentioned with Ocposo, he may have some of those, not saying he will, but that he could have some of those symptoms later in his life once he is done just because of the amount of concussions he has. It's just one of those things you pay a price to of playing the sport. And realistically, you can make it as safe as you want, especially with the NHL. I know a couple of years ago, remember when the big thing was um, the sock and making sure it was strong enough so you want to get your cut, you want to get cut. Yeah. You can't do some, you, there's only so much you can do there without someone essential or potentially getting cut by a skate blade, whether accidental or Matt Cook and actually doing it. Yeah. Scumbag. Yeah. But like, that's what I'm trying to say. It's a, it's a physical sport and it's just kind of one of those things that takes it apart. And the reason why I find not this particularly funny, but it's, it's Barry Trotz or not Barry Trotz, it's Lou Lamarillo. And you know, that means you would hope no adoption actually plays more, but you know, that just means um, they're just going to bring in some aging veteran because, you know, that's who you get instead of a prospect instead of, instead of bringing up a prospect or, uh, you know. Yeah. Oliver Wallstrom, any of those guys, you know, you got some guys that you can you know, probably, sometimes. you can probably send up, but, you know. Yeah. So I think it could say is that Noah Dobson should be able to take over that role. Again, he, he should. He saw some playoff time uh, and some minutes during the playoffs or anything, but again, keyword that was some. We were talking about it too that came out that they were still looking to try to uh, bring back Andy Green, which would then be the aging veteran I just mentioned, at the, their, who they would try to bring back. Um, now yeah. the question becomes, do you just stick Boychuk on long-term IR this year and then buy him out next year. That's exactly what they're doing this year. They're, they're stick, they already announced they're sticking him on long-term IR just to save some cap space. Other than that, we'll see what the future holds. I think he is about a four mil cap hit. Six mil. So I, even worse, six mil. But only two years left. That's why I say after this year, then you can maybe buy him out. I think after this year, just... you buy him out. Yeah. So, um, all right. So that sounds great to me, though. And... Let's get to our first of two teams today. <laughs> what was that? Just your transition there. It was like, for a second, I thought you were, I don't know. It just made me laugh. I got really confused by your transition. <laughs> Did you think I was like getting ready to end the show or something? No, no, no. I thought you were talking to someone like in your room or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you back. What were you saying? 
<laughs> no, uh, but no, let, let's get ready to transition yes, over yes, to, uh, uh, to our first of two uh, deep dives on teams. Mm-hmm. The first one, the Colorado Avalanche, who, again, uh, they they definitely had some pretty big expectations. I know for, you know, I'll be the first one to admit I had huge expectations for them. Thank you very much, Whitmer, for, you know, because I know you're going to bring it up at some point. So, right now I'm on parade. It's fine. It's fine. Um, they, they lost in game seven to the Dallas Stars in the second round of the playoffs. I didn't get the game. I actually may have said game seven. I'm not sure. I have to go back and check I think you did. Um, I, I think he said six, if not seven. I said six or seven. Um, for those of you who do not know, I predicted the Stars would win. And our good friend Jeff here said the start, the uh, Avalanche would. And, you know, Take it from there. The Stars made it to the cup. Hot Thank you, Whitmer. But I'm sure Pierre and uh, Avalanche France, which is why I was always rooting against Colorado as Pierre. And I mentioned it many times on this podcast that it was I only, knew what you were gonna say. It was only for spite. It was for spite why I didn't say oh, for yeah. Colorado. It's not that I didn't believe that they could do it because that team is just that great enough that they could do it. It's just those little things. I was like, okay, that and then I, then when Pierre was really sucking their dicks, like, yep, I can't do that. <laughs> but also I hate how Pierre over enunciates Nico Rontanen's name. He goes, Nico Rontanen. Okay, because he's trying, he's trying to like emphasis, put emphasis on his name and saying, you know, oh, mm-hmm. he's Finnish, you know, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. he's at Rontanen or something like I don't know, something yeah, weird like the, that. Yeah, so, he's the worst. Yeah, he's got off. And the other thing uh, I would say is, you, Colorado fans would say, we lost Grubauer during the playoffs. Yeah, maybe that affected them because they had to turn to Michael Hutchinson. Well, because also after Pavel uh, Francou, uh got injured as well, mm-hmm. or Francou, Fr- Francois, whatever the frick his name is. Yeah. I'm going to go with Francis. Mm-hmm. But that was my, uh, that, and it still is my. And Hutchinson did great, actually. He did. He's not there anymore, but he. No. He did for what. Surprisingly, did great. Uh, but anyway, um, so going into this offseason, they had to resign. Tyson Jost, uh, Val- Valeria Nichushkin, and Andre Burakovsky, as well as Ryan Graves. All of them, I believe, were RFAs. Um, and I believe they all got – so let's see here. Burakovsky got a nice little deal, 4.95 mil for, uh, I believe, three Wait, years. Why did Joe do that? I don't know. Uh, Tyson Jost got a year, it looks like. Um, he Ryan got Graves, for, he yeah. got locked up until 2023, 2024, 3.16 mil. Yes, Whitmer. What's your I complaint this what, time? I get what Joe was doing, Joe Sackick, for people yeah. who don't know who I'm talking about. We're good friends. So we're on first name. Oh, basis. okay. So you can call him um, first name basis. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like with Pierre whenever he says someone's full name. But then you got to mention that what, where they played a junior and everything. Well, yeah, because then you have to wow everyone with your knowledge. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but, wow us with your knowledge. I get why you, I mean, for Tyson Jost, not get really anything, but you just gave yourself a bigger headache for next season because you already have to re-sign Kyle McCarr and Landis Cog. Yeah, it's going to be And now Tyson Jost. <laughs> and whatever, yeah, and, well. And whatever you did was coming off. If about he, 4.6 mil if you let go. Oh, also, uh, also Grubauer. Yeah, and if Grubauer. Um, and Ian up. Cole, who 
cost you 4.25 mil. Mm -hmm. But again, it's an issue because again, Landeskog and Jost are your biggest concerns going to next year's offseason and yeah, along Kevin with Kel McCarr, of yeah. course. Um, and honestly, I don't know what you do okay, about Brandon Saad. He's just here for a year. I definitely believe he's just here for a year. I think if anything, if they do bring him back, back they're going to cut his salary in half saying, look, we like you here, but we got to get yeah. you on a cheaper deal. Because my thought is, because the thing that's always been coming out in the avalanche camp from what I've seen or heard or anything was mm. that this year they were really going to try to go for it. That's yeah. why uh, there was a thought maybe they would just try to get uh, Taylor Trangler Hall, get Taylor yeah. Hall one year, and same with Pat Trangler too. They would just do one year, a lot of money, and just say this year we're just going to go all out for this year yeah well i think they got yeah the one year right for taylor hall bad news is and and a good amount of money bad news is went to buffalo where he's not going to win no but it's only for a year it's not like he he i know but he also gets he i think he's played it perfectly he's going to play he's going to put up great numbers this year playing with jack eichel oh yeah and um is if he plays with Skinner, yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to say, or, or play with Skinner. Either way, he's going to put up a lot of points. And even better, he's going to make the other players look even better. I think Again, that's why Jeff he's, Skinner, he's, he, a, he's a good player. He deserves a lot of money and he's going to pay a lot of money. Uh, you know, I know he's he had that contract going in because he put up so many goals in that year prior. Yeah. yeah. No, no, he, he, he's a good young player still. And if uh, Buffalo was I think playing him takes. right and playing him with, you know, uh, with Eichel, because you know Skinner is a winger. It's not like the Oilers for both guys are centers. Yeah, you can just play him on the wing. It's fine. Just have a great wing. It's you're not going to be that great to begin with. Just see what you can have in this. If you bring Taylor All, and at least if you're losing games, your fans can still come and say, "Oh, this is going to be fun to watch." Yeah, just because of the talent that you can have. Because that was one thing that came off the bat was Eichel and Skinner were doing really well together. Then for some reason, decide to go, you know, put them to off. And I'm on a tangent. We're talking about Colorado here, not Buffalo. Right. <laughs> but anyways, that that's kind of what was I was thinking was that I think Sod's only here for a year in Colorado. And we and talked about it. And that's fair. We talked about it when we were talking last time about Chicago and that uh, Brandon Sod's not going to be used as. Um, much about nine. He's gonna be bottom nine. Yeah, he's gonna be bottom nine where he was in the cup runs for the uh Blackhawks. He was yeah. in the top, but he was there. What Colorado had to do for this offseason was to build up their uh depth a little more. And I still think their defense isn't great. Yeah. Uh, no, they, it's not. Um they got, they got rid of um I, I still find it funny you signed. That's another thing I find funny. Yeah, that, they got uh, rid of Nikita's door off, but again, he was he cost you a lot of games because of penalty minutes, and you try to replace him with Devontae's. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah. cost you two second round picks. For yeah, for you know. Now here's my thing: a lot of people are like, "Oh, like you got Devontae's for only two second round picks, not getting any major project prospects or any first round picks." Job well done. What do you mean, job well done? You gave up two picks for this guy. They're second rounders. 
Sure, they're not going to be like and great Taze picks just because isn't worth that. I mean, no, he's not. Lou, Lou uh, again, out. I don't, I don't know why people are raving uh, about this trade in favor of um, Joe Sakic. I love Joe Sakic to, to death. I think he's going to be. He's one of the best, if not the best, GM in the league. Uh, he's easily top three besides Stevie Eiserman. Um, but again, <laughs> freaking Lou Lamorello. You robbed them here. Two second round picks for that's Devontae. why people. That's why people always say, or I guess why Lou was always in that conversation GM for the GM year. of the year. Because again, talking, this happened our, after our the fact issues, that he was already announced. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying after the issues we always have with Lou with not bringing up prospects and that kind of stuff, always bringing these veteran guys. That's the old NHL kind of mindset which Lou has, yep. but he's also I hate to say it. Great at getting rid of got he's like a Ron Hextall in his trades. He pretty much yep. did what Ron Hextall did in getting a third round pick with Zach Ronaldo, but he did with Devin Hayes and got two second round picks. Yep. That was a good trade on the Isles part. Not so much. I mean, oh, it could sure. be in the sense for could, Colorado just because he added he had another piece, another body, and realistically all they are doing is try to Build more your defensive depth because realistically, what it's Kamakar and uh, Eric Johnson, your number one pair, or is it Gerard and Kel? Or, um, it should be Kamakar and let's see here. Let me go look up now because I know uh, I'm pretty sure Ian Cole is either healthy scratch or a third pair. I know that. Oh, Ryan Graves is right around that mark, too. Like depth, so all this does all bring Taze in, and I want to sign up for this long as they did. Um, was just add another piece to your defense core that has some experience. Uh, it's Ryan Graves and Kale McCarr, and then they're showing Sam Gerard, Eric okay. Johnson, Devontae's, and and uh, Ian Cole. I guess that must have been what it was in their last game when they got eliminated, probably. Um, and my this is why I always even last year was saying there I have my issue with Car- Colorado going you know far. This is just going into next season and making a long playoff run. Because the thing with the playoffs and we saw with the Stars is if you get hot goaltending, you it can bring you a long way. I don't know if it, it's a similar thing we've always talked about with the Hurricanes and their goaltending. I don't know if I can trust Grubauer. And eh. Francois, Franco, whatever you want to. Francis. Francis, he's 30. This is his only second time in the NHL. He's, he's in his 30s, which I guess that means he's in his prime. Most of his time is played in Europe. But I, I, for me, at least, as an outsider looking in at this team, that's my weakness there. Still that goaltending. That's just me. And I think after this season, Whatever happens, then he can go. Okay, is Philip Grubauer worth bringing him back, or is it worth uh, trading for Flurry? Which probably won't happen because mm-hmm. you're not really in the same division, but you'd be battling with each other. So I doubt they want to make a trade with one another. But that type of another kind of guy like that, or if yeah. uh, another goalie comes on the market or something like that, if they make a trade for that, because yeah, keep an eye out. But again. For Colorado and everyone, you got to be on the mind. You got to clear up some cap space. So you can't sure. take too much of a heavy price. 
And that's why if Grubauer plays great, then great. Then he can sign up for another, what, two, three years and then see what you got from him. Um, this team's still more than likely going to win the Central or whatever division they're going to play in. Yeah. Which we'll get into in a second. But That's a great question. Um, uh, but they have uh, the thing is, it's, the second, it's really, the on paper, the West is up to Vegas in the Avalanche. It really is. Now, again, yes. the Stars got hot at the right time with uh, Anton Hudobin. He, he realistically, was at the right think time. he was going to start. Yeah. Um, but again, um, I never Dallas's wanted... issue is Ben Beth, and we'll get to him in uh, the Sarge one where we talk to him. Ben Bishop, you know, he can't really stay healthy enough. Like, he's good, but his who, issue, that's... like, he's been dealing with his whole career, he can't stay healthy enough. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, now, looking at Colorado, so we talked about their, you know, their contract issues and everything, but right now, so they're at current projected 1.82 mil cap space, mm-hmm. which isn't too bad. Um, you know, I think they're pretty set. It's really next year. I think is going to be the most important year uh, for them. Uh, they got a couple of key guys to sign. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of deal do you think Kale McCarr could get after again he won the Rookie of the Year? Um, he's he's a stud. He really, really is, and. We're seeing have, what kind of player he actually is. For me, I'd have to wait for his second year. That's similar to your three-year kind of thing with players or coaches or GMs or whatever. He played great one in his first year. So did Ivan Prober in his first year. But his second year, he fell a bit. If he falls a bit, does that affect his value? But if he's still playing good, not his rookie self, does that then show less on him? So for me, I'm thinking more like, at the moment, three or four mil, average annual. How many years, though? Probably three years. All right, so kind of like a three by three, three by four three, con- yeah, contract? Yeah, three years, and then that, that would be like the cheapest deal he'd probably get. Oh, yeah. Because then, oh, be yeah. then he'd just be getting better at that point. And then at that point, you can oh, give yeah. him the – not that you – be at that point that elite level defenseman but you can give him a bigger contract at that point and be confident about doing that that's what i would yeah. do if i was joe with kale with kale mccarr um yeah. the only issue with that is well the good thing it would be if you only give him to three mil or whatever three to four or four and a half mil that do, could save you some and whatever you give to landis cog this is true um, all, all right. Also, uh, one quick last thing before we move on. Um, on Cap Friendly's page, they have six names on defense for the Avalanche. There is a seventh name there that should be on this list in Bowen Byram, who's 19. Does he make the roster this year? And if no. so, no. What? No. Okay. No. I think he does. Again, this is his time to shine, just like you mentioned with California and Tampa Bay a young guy trying to make the roster. I think this is the perfect opportunity. Now that is the door of his out of the picture. Um, you know, I would have, I mean, I would have given they're, they're, not two, they're pretty young on defense, but um, you know, you got a 31 year old Ian Cole, 32 year old Eric Johnson, both pretty decent sized contracts. Honestly, it might not be a bad idea I'm for him sh- to play. I'm sure he'll probably play here and there in the NHL, but I'd put him. And that AHL or in Europe until the AHL is figured out and all that. That's or fair. when the NHL comes back. Because yeah. I don't want him to be that seventh man, which I think he 
might be he might be able to battle a spot with Ian Cole. I think he'll be able to battle a spot. Um, I really but do. I, the I, reason I'm why I give him less of a chance at getting it is because they brought in Devin Taze. Sure. That's just my thinking on that. Um, I could be wrong. Injuries happen all the time in the NHL, so he's. I'm sure he'll play at some point this season. Um, but I, I want to get my hopes up in him playing too much because I think they're going to get him as much ice time as he can in a professional kind of setting, mm-hmm. whether that's in the NHL, AHL, playing in Europe somewhere or whatever. Um, but that's just my thinking. Once NHL does come back, I bet he would be on the, the roster. Um, yeah. They do probably have the second best line in NHL. I still think Boston's is a little bit better. Um, yeah. They have the second best player in hockey right now. I still think McDavid's better than McKinnon. That I do agree with. Because um, McKinnon has the the reason why I'll always be in favor of McDavid. And it might not be fair because it's always the thing people always give on people not getting the heart or Selkie or something like that. It's guys that are playing with other people. But look at the guys McKinnon plays with, Linus Gog, Ransonen, versus the guys sometimes uh, McDavid can play with. Dry settle. That's really it. Exactly. So that's that's why I, I'll always – McDavid's the best player in hockey. That's that for me. There's no hands down, no doubt about it. He is. It's not not even just that, but like on oh, like if since McKinnon's playing on complete line versus you know, uh, McDavid is. Don't get me wrong. He's absolutely. I think he this oh, past yeah. season he he jumped over Crosby for me. Big time. Yeah. No. Absolutely. He, he's he's lights out, man. Uh, and McKinnon's just getting better and better. Like he's he hasn't reached his full potential yet, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, and he's. He's a superstar. There's no doubt. Realistically speaking, you could say the same thing with David. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, no, McDavid has played less years than McKinnon, and um, you know he he's not even close to hitting his ceiling, and yet he's put up what two or three a hundred plus point seasons. That's just something that helps McKinnon versus McDavid, and that even though that. There was a couple of years where the Avalanche weren't great. Joe Sackick was actually a good enough GM to start building around him. Start building. Not so much as what's going on at Edmonton. Because they don't have why, a good GM. They don't, no. And they didn't have Ken one before either. sucks. Yeah, they didn't have a good one before him either. So it's, yeah. that's, and you can say the same thing with, uh, 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 Eichel. If Eichel yeah. had the slightest bit of anyone else, this year we're going to see it, but if their GM was building their team, he would be out there more too. But because those two guys in particular, I always mention those two guys because they've been in the league since 2015, but both those teams haven't really done that much to try to improve the team around them, which is different to say Colorado here with uh, McKinnon, and even if you want to say Toronto with Austin Matthews and those guys. Yeah. That's my last little thing with Colorado. They're a great team. They're really battling to try to try to take one from Vegas. I think that's why they made some of the moves they did. Um, 
but let's move on a little bit here, Jeffrey. Um, interesting. We'll have to get to that later. Um, but you were talking about how you were listening to the uh, one podcast earlier, and they were talking ben about the Jacob's penguins. Podcast. Yes. yes. And they were the person on there was pretty much saying how he feels like the penguins when they would pretty much what you've been saying is yeah so what what i've said before is i really don't think the penguins are going to make the playoffs this upcoming season whenever it happens um brian burke who was the guest on the spin chicklets uh podcast uh the other day i think i just listened to the podcast today and uh his appearance on his latest um you know on his reappearance i should say um, I typically don't agree with Brian Burke's opinions. I don't know how much of a, uh, I, I'm, I'm softening up a bit to more and more the, the way I hear him talk and everything. I, I always love different perspectives and he's got an interesting one. He's a former GM. He's a former, you know, he used to work for the league and everything. He, he's on Sportsnet now. So it's always fun to hear all sorts of different stories and, um, you know, just opinions and stuff. And, and this one opinion he thinks, um, you know, he really does believe that the Penguins um, are a team who are not competing anymore. He thinks their window is closed, and it's an extremely situa- similar uh, situation that the Chicago Blackhawks are currently in now. Again, they were – think about the you – know, and, and this one I agree with him 100%. Think about, like, from 2009, really, for Chicago all the way till 2016, you could argue – um, I think it was like one of the last times they made the playoffs, excluding this past year, of course. Um, they were dominating. They literally they had you know, won three cups, 2010, 13, and 15. They went to the conference finals four or five times, and even six times. Um, they you know have countless divisions that they've won, and, and just you know same thing with Pittsburgh. The, you can potentially make the argument that pe- the Penguins' leash was actually longer than Chicago's. Because yeah. they won in 09, then they went back to back, and then they were 16, still make- 17. Yeah, but they've still been making the playoffs. They've been making the Black playoffs. But they, that, that's true. That's a good point. But again, um, but and the thing is though, they're running into very similar situations. You know, they, they are you know getting rid of picks. Uh, they're getting rid of players who, you know, it, I don't know why you're getting rid of that trying guy. Better, or- yeah, trying to battle around the. Uh, cap are still trying yeah, to be exactly. relevant. Not only but... that, but again, they're, they're going for players. Any regular team or GM would say, why are we doing this now? This doesn't make sense. We actually need to rebuild. It's like the fact that they don't want to accept rebuild or even want to hear the term rebuild. But Brian Burke went on to say that, um, you know, like, again, he suggested the Pens are just like the Hawks. They're set on holding onto their aging elite talent in an attempt to remain competitive despite, again, just being – uh, despite being overdue for a complete rebuild, which again a lot of people are not happy for. He loves Jim Jim Rutherford, like he mentioned a couple times on the podcast. But he said, um, "quote It's the same thing Jimmy Rutherford is saying in Pittsburgh. I've got two elite players. We're going to do. We're going. We're not going to a total rebuild. We're going to try and win. I don't think Pittsburgh is good enough to win, no matter what they do now with the cap situation. I think that window is closed for me. I love Jimmy Rutherford. You knew that, but I look in these and I say." Are they better than Tampa? Nope. Are they better than Washington? Nope. Are they better than Boston? Nope. End quote. Now, I think they're better than Washington. I think they're better than Washington. I think it's close. 
but the other two teams, Boston, Tampa, yeah, absolutely not. No, I, I no, definitely not. That definitely not. Exactly. That, that's if we're talking about our own team, Jeffrey, yes, the Flyers are better than the Penguins. Yes. They're better than both the Penguins and the Capitals. If we're being honest here, yeah, in my opinion, yeah, no biases in this answer either. But and I agree with Brian Burke. You know, I, I don't think the Pens are doing that well, and uh, again, their no. window is certainly closing. A lot faster than I honestly was picturing, but though the more I thought you about knew it, it was going to happen eventually. Well, right, eventually you knew it was going to happen. Again, they're keep trying to do these big contracts and everything with, and they're spending to the cap, and it just doesn't work out sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you just have to be so careful with what you do. Jim Rutherford has worn out his welcome. Uh, Mike Sullivan, he's slowly but surely wearing out his welcome a bit. But Jim Rutherford, he's got to go. Uh, he's been making far too many mistakes as the GM, and I, I don't know who's listening, who you know, has an opinion, but their voices aren't even being heard because Rutherford, he knows what it takes to build a championship team. He's built technically three of them because he's built you know Pittsburgh back-to-back and then 06 with the Carolina Hurricanes. But other than that, you just got to accept the fact that this team for the Pittsburgh Penguins is a failing team, and they are missing the playoffs. Not only that, but I wouldn't be even surprised if there's more than just one year where they miss the playoffs. Yeah, this year they might get lucky by the division realignment just because the division that they'd be playing in, if it is this way, where now this is where I was going to bring in the divisions with this kind yep. of segment too. Uh, so in these division realignments, there's four of them, uh, Canadian one, East, Central, and a lot West. Um, which is yes. Central West, but yeah. But that Central uh, is the Minnesota Wild, Chicago Blackhawks, Detroit Red Wings, Pittsburgh Penguins, Columbus Blue Jackets, who we'll get to it a little bit later, uh, St. Louis Blues, Nashville, and both Florida's Tampa Bay and the Panthers. Um, and in this division, realistically, if we're saying it's still the same where the top three teams make it, I don't see how they can it be a third. Yeah, because I think Tampa Bay would take the division. Maybe yep. St. Louis would be in there, um, and then Pittsburgh battling with Columbus because I think Columbus did get better. Um, Nashville's okay. Minnesota made a bunch of moves. Florida's—they're all around the same level. They're all around the same caliber. I guess that's my point, and yeah. that's why I can see them just because they have that experience. And because these teams don't play each other as much as, say, the teams that he would be playing in the East, Crosby and Malkin may actually be able to escape by some of these teams. You could argue. Not only that, but again, think about but this But vice way. versa to that, maybe that means those teams then destroy. Because I think it was – I know Boston last year, wasn't it they would they struggled to beat the, uh, Detroit? Yeah. Like you always had that team that's kind of – that's got yeah. your uh, – the Achilles yeah. heel. It sucks. Um, I will say this. So these aren't final. This is just potential. Oh, yeah. Potential, for what yes. Greg Wazinski from ESPN Plus was uh, heard about 10 days ago. The only thing um, I can say is, like you said, the Canadian is that there's going to be Canadian vision. That's that, that, that's gone. That, 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 you know, that makes sense. Uh, in the East, there'll be Boston, Buffalo, Carolina, New Jersey, both New York teams, Philly, Washington, Central, Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, and Tampa, and then Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, LA, Minnesota, San Jose, and Vegas. 
And that's why I say what I said earlier in the podcast, it makes it a little harder for Boston to potentially make the playoffs if that's the teams that they have to go against more. Is that East? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of my thinking. Um, it's weird because I was thinking about this earlier, and I don't know if you're going to like this comparison, Jeff, but I almost compared the Penguins, and I guess you can throw the Blackhawks in it too because we talked about the uh, Blackhawks last time. It's not hockey related, but it kind of reminds me of the Eagles a bit. And mm. that I feel like the Eagles should probably be rebuilding, but coaches and the GM and everyone think, oh, we won three years ago, so we can easily come back in and win it again. When, in realist- when realistically speaking, maybe you shouldn't be getting rid of picks to get some veteran or whatever that could improve you in this area where a lot of your other areas are weak, maybe just try for a rebuild. That's just yep. kind of my thinking because it's not the same thing because they both want, because what, the Penguins won their last cup in what, 17? Yeah. Which would have been the 20- It was 16, 17. So, yeah. uh, and the Eagles won 17, 18. Realistically 18 if you really want to be that technical. Yeah. But, yeah. But realistically, single- they won the same Around or, the same time. Around the same time, we'll put it that way. Yeah, but they're still still kind of similar in that they both made the playoffs the past couple of years, both of them. They didn't go that far, but they still made it. But maybe, especially this year, if you're talking football and the Eagles, maybe you should maybe start kind of rebuilding some areas here and there. And if you're the Penguins, maybe keep some of those picks that you keep trading away. Because yeah, Cross- but first again, you got Crosby and Malkin are- of Jim Rutherford because he trades those things like candy. Yeah, Crosby and Mulkin are great, but this isn't baseball. This is no, sorry, this isn't football. This isn't basketball. Where if you get a good enough quarterback, maybe that can. You can't be just build enough. a whole team around them. You yeah. need other pieces. You need other pieces that don't that would one player you- can't again. No. Point taken. Connor McDavid cannot win the Stanley Cup by himself. He can't he even. Make- he can barely make the playoffs, let alone. To even get a chance for the cup. He's doing everything he can, and yet it's still not enough. No, same with uh, Michael. He's doing all he can. He won a long ass point streak. Nothing. Nope. You need, and the Penguins showed it when they won back to back years that they had depth, and then they got rid of it. Not really got rid of it, but they just kind of went away from it a bit and didn't really try building within. And I think that bigger thing that will hurt as a thing that they had for since those back-to-back cups is having two caliber goaltenders. I think they have another one. Um, but you did try with Matt Murray. I know Matt Murray wasn't yeah, the same. Yeah, about that. He is now in uh, Ottawa. But he did win you two cups or helped you win two cups. Now you're in a new era of Christian Jari. And Casey DeSmith. Yes, but mostly Tristan Jari. You Tristan say. Jari. Because then they also want to try to get away from the tandem. Because going to tandems can work, but they can also be a headache. Like with yeah. Vegas. We'll get con- Robin Leonard and, and yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury first. Yeah, those are big contracts, but they'll probably split times here and there, most likely this season. You're probably going to see more goalies splitting times just because there's going to be uh, probably more games. Oh, you're 100% going to see that. You may even see the third goalie at some point. Yeah, because someone might get hurt. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the Toronto would have to go back to that uh, uh, dude again. 
David Ayers. Yeah. No, it's Carolina. Carolina. I know, but he was in tr- Toronto against, in Toronto. against the yes, Maple Yes, that's what I was saying. He was in the Maple Leafs. Oh, sorry. I thought you were hurt. saying for Toronto. No, I was just saying in general. My bad. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, but that just let's move might, on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really have much yeah, else like, besides just got one last. Side. Yeah, let's just do that. Um, so, so if you remember a couple minutes ago, I said, well, that's weird. And it does involve the Columbus Blue Jackets and similar to uh, the Islanders where they have yet to sign Matthew Barzell. Uh, the Blue Dubois has yet to be signed by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Um, Garmu Kaikalainen is a good GM. But, oh my God, what are you doing? If you don't have re- – you have 9.2 million cap space. Yeah. Why haven't you re-signed probably your next captain? Pierre, I know Nick Foligno still has some years left, but Pierre-Luc Dubois – he is captain material, in my opinion. This kid can do it all. Whoa. He's an all-around complete player. <laughs> and uh, It would be a battle between him and Seth Jones for me. That's a good point, but uh, I, I, I love say, Seth Jones. I will death, say this. It's got to be pure Luke Dubois. Yeah, Kekalainen or whatever, however you want to yeah, say no, his no, name. Yeah, Yarmo Kekalainen, yeah. He did a Good job, I feel, and he didn't. He kind of pulled a flyer from last off season, where he didn't make flashy moves. None of the moves he made this off season were really that flashy or big name people. A bit surprising, he got rid of a four point six mil contract in Ryan Murray for a fifth round pick from from uh, New Jersey. And that got he got rid of um, Anderson, which I didn't think he was that great, anyways. But he brought in Max Domi, who I still think is and a pretty, third. Yeah, and he's pretty damn good, and he's only twenty five. And Max Domi. Yeah. He had one down year, one down year, but uh, he put up seventy-two points two seasons ago. He could do it yeah. again, I bet. Uh, oh yeah, big time. That's the one thing Columbus is missing is firepower. As I think they're missing a little bit of that offensive prowess, they which are. is why if they score early enough, they can then be pesky like the Isles, and that they'll just be defensive. They'll be a defensive-oriented system. That's just how John Tortorella's system works for Columbus. And I think it works almost better than uh, the Islanders, even though the Islanders have done better. Just because the Islanders, yeah, their defense does play a good part, but the goalie is not really used much. I just think it's a, this is more of a whole team effort. Both of them are whole team efforts, but I'm thinking this is, for me, if you're asking me who does better in the defensive kind of thing with it, it's Columbus. The Islanders have a better offensive team, but I think yeah. the Columbus is better at it. Just I know uh, Tampa Bay got the revenge this past playoffs and beat them, but they did take down the cat, uh, the Lightning not that long ago in a similar uh, uh, in a similar way. They're just a very pesky team to play against. They can yes. be an annoying team. They got a really good player in Mika Koivu to be your fourth liner. Yeah, that pissed me off at the game, Miko. Yeah. You also got I wanted to You got Max Domi, who now, because it seemed like he didn't really like his time near the end with Montreal. No. Um, and being the bottom six at fourth line at times, he's not gonna be that here in Columbus. No, because all right, looking that's... realistically, looking at the top six, it's gonna be uh Cam Atkinson, uh Gus Nyquist, Nick Felino, Max Domi, Oliver Borkstrand. Uh, um, Pierre Luc Dubois, 
Pirelli Tawah, and yeah. And yeah. <laughs> that's, that's your top six. Mm-hmm. I might, yeah, no, that, that's literally your top six right there. Mm-hmm. You can argue Bill Jenner. Eh, you can argue. He, he is middle. Keyword, argue. He's in the middle, but he'll still. Keyword, Michael, argue. Didn't say he's just slotted in. I said argue. I know you said argue. I'm just saying he's middle six at best. And he can only go do really well against the Flyers for some reason. Yeah. Don't remind me. Um, we don't have to because we might not have to worry about playing him. <laughs> at least this year. Yeah. Um, but they are. this is playing a defensive-oriented system like a team like this is kind of it's, it's pesky. It's annoying. It's pesky. It's boring at times. It's just it annoying. Be, yeah. It took, what, six overtimes or whatever just for five. the five, yeah. And a lucky bounce for the Lightning to win that overtime. This team is a team, and I'm not a biggest fan of John Torello, so I'm not – I'm going to give him some credit there, but there's just that thing where, like, his system works so well that at times if you're like – his team can be so pesky that even when so drained, they still have energy. Because even if you watch that overtime, there's times in it where Columbus looked like the better team. Mm. It also helps by uh, Elvis, right? Or was it Corpus Allo was playing in that game? Uh, Corpy. Oh, yeah. Either way, they still have two pretty solid goaltenders. Um, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. No, I certainly think so. Um, what, I, Columbus this year. Obviously, it depends on what the divisions look like. But I'm just going to go based on. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go based on just regular. If the divisions weren't a thing. If the new division alignment for the season wasn't a thing. If it was the regular kind of division, I could still see this. This team's a wild card team for me. I don't see the. I don't think they're good enough to take one of the three spots in the Metro. Yeah, but I think they're a good enough team to make the playoffs. But they certainly are. That they're, wild card they're material. That wild card area is very tight. So for them, yeah. it's going to be very key to try to get more offense. That's my key for them. Yes. I had a key um, for them is you have to try to get a little more offensive minded. Because if you don't, that's where they struggle. If you if the other teams score or uh, and that's another thing where you can give the benefit to Islanders because they won't crumble as much and they can have stage some they can stage comebacks. We saw that a bunch of times against the Flyers. Yeah. But, but I don't also think also one thing is... that does help the Blue Jackets they have a lot of depth now in Nico Coyville. Yes, that helps a lot. He'll take some uh, yeah. responsibilities off of uh, some players here and there, and also there won't be as much on his shoulders to provide well offense. By or the way, like that. Columbus is a very my last thing on the Blue Jackets. They have an extremely important offseason next year. Mm-hmm. They have one, two, three, four, five, six contracts that are UFAs and two of their RFAs. And uh, one of those six is your captain, Nick Foligno, who's making 5.5 mil. Brandon Dubinsky, 5.8 mil. You have um, Jenner, sorry, not Jenner, uh, Nash and Borkstrand, 2.75 mil and 2.5 mil, along with David Superbar, 4.25 mil. They're already at 9.2 mil right now, Mike. Mm-hmm. If things go their way, they could be the big contender next year at the end of uh, the regular season for for free agency spending to the cap. 
because they'll have a boatload of cash in their pockets. They could. It just depends on how ownership and them feel. Because there's still going to be that issue with no. some money, I feel. But I don't know. I absolutely. Slowly, but it'll slowly is, come back around. It'll still slowly come back around because I feel like by the, at least by the summer, by the end, by the time you're starting the following season, then you can probably worry about it less. Um, but the thing they have to worry about even more so is who you're protecting expansion. Um, what guys are potentially expandable? Do you protect Elvis or do you protect Corpo or Corposalo? Who do you protect? It's tight. I mean, realistically, I, I don't think he, they're going to be like the top for Seattle to want to get because I think they'll, they'll probably have their chance at better goaltending. But they're both only 26. If they wanted a young potential goaltender, a young-ish 26 yeah. and upcoming goaltenders, then I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle, for a backup at least, to swoop up whoever doesn't get protected out of yeah. one of those two. That's a good point. Or I feel like they might be one of the teams that trade, hey, can you take this guy by not if, if you agree not to take this guy? That kind of thing. That's where I could see Columbus. Yeah, because again, it uh, keep keep in mind, uh, Vegas did that with a couple of teams saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, uh, you know, in, in, for Seattle, they'll, they'll look to talk to uh, them and say, hey, can you take this guy? And if you draft, if we'll trade you this guy, if you drop this guy, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's going to be a situation Colorado's going to have to find themselves into. Yeah, they're, they're probably going to miss a big piece. There's going to have to be someone that does get uh, protected. That's more than likely going to get claimed by Seattle if they were smart. Got that right. Um, but that's all I really got. Um, hopefully, the league comes back to our first. Again, this is a big week for the NHL. And as I said at the beginning of the podcast, if it's not, I feel like for me, if there's no deal by Wednesday, this Wednesday, the second? Yeah, nope. Second. Uh, or third. third. No, 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 you're right. Sorry, second, second. Yeah, the second. I don't see how, unless you quickly try to push through the rest of the stuff, by that, that you start January 1st. I'll put this on my last thing. I don't think it'll be January 1st. I think it'll be mid, almost late January now. Yeah, I could see that. That makes more sense. Like the 15th I would say, to 29th. In that I would range. say late January, maybe early February. That's my thinking. Yeah. I'll, I'll say at the, speaking, earliest now, really, at the earliest now, the earliest That actually might be even smarter because the NFL would just be winding down their season. True. So maybe it's not, not the worst idea. thing. However, you would have to be dealing with the NBA that's already in midseason by that point. Who cares? Well, NHL does for money reasons. Um, NHL's better. I agree, but not everyone does. So we're one of the few oh, that wrong. We're Hockey's one of the few that we're one of the few that agree. Two thirds of our podcast say hockey is better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, we'll see you next time. I'm sure I'm going to get some reactions to those vi- that uh, video I put out the other day on uh, next yeah. underachiever. So look out to that. And our next uh, deep dives, if you're interested in that, is Dallas. So we'll catch up with you next time.